Yeah, hello, and welcome to episode 54 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is my podcast where I get to chat with some of the best and funniest people I know from the internet. Now, this week's friend is a hilarious Canadian Comedy Award winning comedian and actor based in Toronto who's been killing it lately on all fronts, touring stand up across the country, writing satire for CBC Comedy booking all kinds of TV gigs, and generally being very fun to follow on all social media. Now, I'm, of course, talking about Cassie Cow at Cassie Cow on Twitter. This one was so much fun, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Now, please enjoy Friends of the Show, episode 54, with Cassie Cow. So here, I can play the jingle. Yeah, I want the jingle. We got the jingle. <laughs> Shout out to nice. Kyle I. Davidson for the jingle. I was actually going to play your little jingle that you had on your show uh, or on your web series. Oh, what? that would have been that would have been great I, if I had got that ready. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was no, thinking about fine. that earlier. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let me introduce you. This comedian and actress from Toronto is great. Everything I like in a friend of the show. Smart, hilarious, nice and sweet, all rolled into a bundle of fun. It's Cassie Cow at the Cassie Cow on Twitter and Instagram. Also the same. Uh, really Hi. great on both. Yeah, welcome, Cassie. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my God. It's like you you wrote you pre wrote that intro for me. How wonderful. Yeah. Wrote it and uh, read it re- <laughs> to perfection. <laughs> and here you are. I'm so, so thank flattered. you. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're great. I was just mentioning on Twitter and also Instagram. So I'm kind of expanding my focus. I'm posting a little bit more on the gram. But you're wow. out there. Your stories are, I mean, there. I know that you went to a nice scone place this morning. <laughs> so. Oh my god! I I'm always uh, so flattered when people watch my Instagram. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're out there. You're really, uh, you know, hustling. You're living that life, and it's really uh, interesting to watch. You know, from the sidelines, kind of oh. weird because we've never met. But like, yeah, it's like it's it's nice to see uh, people doing it. Oh, good. Because I'm always so insecure that my. Instagram stories are just about me hanging out with my cat and like promoting my shows. You know what? That is a big part of it. (laughs) But that's fun. That's part of the fun, right? A lot of people love that pet Twitter. Like all my uh, dog posts, you know, get pretty heavy engagement when I post my dog. Every once in a while, I get insecure and I put out a story being like, do people like the cat content? Should I dial it back on the cats? And overwhelmingly, people like trip over themselves to be like, more cats. Right. I keep it in there. Yeah. Well, I think those, the cat, cat minority might be the most vocal, but you know, (laughs) yeah, keep the cat stories coming. People do like it. They love a good pet story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. So, but it's not just pets. You're out there uh, doing shows. All your Instagram, Mm -hmm. you're regramming great grams of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I love. I mean, I can't tell you, I force people to take stories of me. Oh, that's a good move, right? So you're like, oh, yeah, it's just a regram or whatever. But uh, <laughs> really, it's like a selfie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I do like to promote shows. I also like to, you know, make stories of other comedians that are great in the city. I think that's like so important. Oh, yeah, definitely. Pe- people do not know about comedians. 
It's like we are so not famous. <laughs> yeah, and it's great because the people who do uh, take that extra time to like click on the tagged person and then follow that person, you know, like they mm-hmm. get exposed to more hilarious stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's for the good fans. So, yeah, I see that you're out there doing it. And, yeah, it's really great because I, I would like to to do it a little bit more. But it's, it's so intimidating. <laughs> it feels like I'm way behind because I, have, um, I haven't really done like when stories came out, I never made a story. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Like stories I, came out, I never did one. I, like, I now oh. like stories a lot more than posts. Like for me, I'm not trying to be like a beauty like Instagram. Like I'm not going to compete with people on being beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense to put uh, pictures of like my face. But the stories are great because you can rant about whatever, and and the filters are so fun. And, and also, if it's garbage, you just leave it, <laughs> and then it goes away. <laughs> yeah. See, I think that's what uh, Snapchat introduced, uh, and then Instagram's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, and <laughs> they just took all the good ideas. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's a good, that's a good, uh, the good part about stories, I guess. It's just sort of like gone in the wind, right? It's just like, it's here for now, and you saw it or you didn't, <laughs> and then it's gone. And I think that people like that it's very, uh, like, DIY. <laughs> like, you just took this story because a thing was happening and it's, like, not properly framed and whatever. Like, it has that charm of just, like, very in the moment, which is great. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, everyone got to follow the Cassie Cow on Twitter and Instagram. It's great you were able to lock that up. I was, <laughs> like, Cassie Cow, that's probably a pretty common name. I mean, I was hoping it wouldn't be as popular. <laughs> all, all, okay, so at Cassie Cow is just like some woman who stumbled onto the internet in 2007 and just like used up my handle oh, and then posted that. once and then left the internet. Uh, there's so many stories of that. The person who just got the good handle early in the day and they're never gonna they're never gonna give it up. Yeah, but they're never also never gonna use it. Like I think this the same with uh, Stephen Skinner. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sure. Uh, yeah, happy to be you know Skinner Stephen, but. You know, come on, Steven Skinner. <laughs> there are there are no good usernames left in the world. No, and it's pretty crazy because you either got in at the ground level of the internet and you got to use a good username, or you didn't. <laughs> or now, yeah. if you're growing up in the future, you're like, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's Bubba with five A's, six sixty-seven. <laughs> like, oh, so right. many underscores. Yeah, Wait, you so have many to. underscores. Yeah, double underscores. Right, that's the real <laughs> trick. You're like, it's yeah, it's two underscores at the end. <laughs> There's all those tricks. (laughs) Luckily, I never had to use them. My best was uh, my first email was Stevie Wonder at Mail City. Uh, I was like, this is it. I'm set for life. I got Stevie Wonder. And then when Mail City folded, you know, later on, it was like, ah, hitched my horse to the wrong pony. Yeah. You know what? I bet you uh, (laughs) Stevie Wonder was like, damn, you got the good handle now. (laughs) Pissed. He couldn't get his email. I bet I he cr- he's the one who was behind the failure of Mail City. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was like, well, fuck this company. I need this username. Yeah, he called up Bill Gates. He's like, can you, can you do an email server for me? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the Cassie Cow. So everyone's got to follow, click follow right now for great Instagram stories and hilarious tweets. Thank you. Yeah, really funny. I hope so. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do comedy. It's fair. Yeah, you're very funny. Uh, love Thanks. the tweets. Um, and it's great because we have a lot of, like, Twitter pals in common. So it was so great when I happened upon you. 
you know, running in the same circles. And I was like, this is great. I can't believe I, you know, hadn't known about you before because you're like from Toronto, which so I should know about the, <laughs> the Toronto, yeah. good Toronto people. Oh, you're, you're in Toronto? Yeah, well, yeah. I used to be heavy into the Toronto comedy scene around 2008 to 2012 kind of thing. Ah, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I moved out of the city to Hamilton, Ontario. Oh, so yeah, so now I'm out of town, um, but I still pop in every now and again. But yeah, not as deep into it as as I would like to, to still be. But it's great when I find you know the new hot young new hilarious <laughs> people <laughs> that I follow. Like, whoa, these are the new people. That's great. I- I actually think Hamilton has a really sick comedy scene, though. I always really like the Hamilton comics when I see them in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who are some of your favorite Hamilton comics? Let's give them a oh, shout Oh, my gosh. Put you on the spot. Uh, so many of them. There's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's that A.J. Bate. There's uh, M- Michael Moses. <laughs> those are great. There's yeah. So I've seen both You're of those guys. They're great. You're putting me on the spot right now. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm realizing <laughs> I only remember people's names if, I, if they have their real names on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a fun trick. Do you, you, are, you're obviously a... a, a a fake namer on on Facebook, are you, or are you real? No, no. I listen. I'm so interested in having people know me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I met this guy who is not a comedian, but he's like a super super famous like like skincare guru. Okay. <laughs> just like at a party, I just met him, and he he is like he has like so many followers on Instagram that he was like, Oh, I can't Instagram exactly where I am because people will like show up and harass me. And I was like, you are living my dream. I <laughs> yeah. only wish people would show up to where I am and try to come talk to me. Yeah. I definitely could have crashed your uh, scone brunch this morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But I would have loved it. And he was like, no, people come and like try to chat with me. And I'm like, why don't you want to chat with them? Like these are people who like you. <laughs> right. I guess, yeah. So, like, maybe once you get to that level, only that level is when you don't yeah, want to yeah, meet yeah, yeah. crazy people through Instagram. I mean, that's that's my goal. My goal is to get big enough on Instagram that people want to come get scones with me. <laughs> yeah, and you tag the scone place and they comp your meal or whatever, right? That's oh, the next level. You're inf- love it. influencing. I I don't even know that world, but it seems great. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't know. It seems like it's a, there's a broad spectrum of like people who you know started doing it, and then brands are like, "You're good. We will align with you." And then there's other people who are like, "No, I want the money." <laughs> right? Like they just started it to try and be the influencer. Oh, I don't think that works though. It in doesn't. My yeah, no. It, it, and and the times sometimes that it like they fake it for so long, but then they try to get more money, like get too much for what they are giving out and mm-hmm. it always backfires. There's always those crazy like, you know, huge hate vlogs about these these like vloggers. Yeah, I I don't think I think if you're putting out so much content and you're so directly connected with your audience that people can smell bullshit. Like, I just don't think it's possible to make consistent content that's disingenuous. Like, if you're just doing it to get sponsorship brands, like, there's no way you're coming up with good content. Like, you have to just like fucking showing people your makeup or <laughs> yeah, whatever it has to be your a niche, thing is. Right? It has to be a niche thing too, right? There, yeah. There's so many, like, but there's so many general ones, but they, they haven't found their niche, right? Like, there's so many, like, makeup is one big umbrella and, like, mommy mm-hmm. bloggers is another one, right? Yeah. Huge umbrella. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy out there for influencers in that game. Yeah. 
But I think you have to be genuine. You have to actually love the thing that you're blogging about. And then those those deals come to you I naturally. Think, I don't think you can just like do it to get the deals. Yeah, I think you're right. And I do think that it's like people can smell the bullshit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if not uh, immediately, then eventually. Or even yeah. if most people can't, some other people can and they will tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's that true. It's oh, right? it's very um, it's very self-policing on the Internet. I think It is. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people like so many people just like follow obliviously because they would never they'll never <laughs> see those articles explaining why the person's bad or whatever. Right. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. The Internet's a crazy plane. <laughs> All right, so what else are you doing on the internet? Um, I was just on your website. Everyone's got to visit CassieGow.com. I, yeah, I got the .com on that one. That's so good, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, I had to go StephenWSkinner.com because obviously yeah. you know who got <laughs> It's actually <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's actually funny. That other Stephen Skinner website is actually pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's like one of those old websites where it's like black with a green green font and, you know, wow. like weird boxes everywhere. Like, like a GeoCities site? Exactly. Like a, exactly like an Angel like Fire site? <laughs> yeah. What were you doing back in the, uh, the early days, the oh. Wild West days of the Internet? Oh my goodness. I was on Neopets all day, every day. <laughs> I was so great at Neopets. It took up a good five years of my life. So that was a, the first like addictive game of your life. <laughs> well, no, I will say the first time I was ever introduced to the internet, I didn't know what it was. I was like six or something like, I don't know. But like my dad told me to go on Disney.com and I for years thought the internet was just Disney.com. <laughs> <So laughs> well, that's a big part of it. Not going to lie. I, that's a big I part would of it. I just go and play their like flash games yeah. where it's like goofies in space and you have to like <laughs> toss him a basketball or whatever. I just spent like two years on that being like, this is what the internet is. <laughs> Flash games for kids was such a huge thing. It was the original, just like give the kid an iPad with a game on it with like a fun app. That was the thing, like flash games, uh, simple little flash games. And you'd be like, oh, here, go to this like flashgames.com or whatever. Make sure to update your (laughs) software. And then boom, you could sit in front of it for five hours and play these little games. That's what the internet should get back to. (laughs) And then also, what was it? I also wasted years on like, e-bombs world or whatever right oh yeah yeah that's... with those little videos yep yeah what would, did, <laughs> were you exposed to real life at a too soon an age um were you horrified I, by anything i don't think so i just like it was a lot of like really like now i'm characterizing it as like absurdist humor right like a lot of it was just like wacko and, oh, right. and yeah, those yeah. videos had no like this is before people had no attention span. So these videos were like twenty minutes of like one joke that would just get hammered. Yeah, so the, yeah. Those videos, those early internet videos, were sort of carryover from like the underground VHS videos, where it's like there would be like a weird video, and people would like make copies on VHS and like pass it around in like these underground circles and stuff. And those were like the first videos to like get uploaded to these weird websites. So. Uh, yeah, I guess that was the first set of memes, like the first kind of Oh, memes, right? yeah, I guess so. I, I wasn't, I didn't try to copy people's VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any VHS, great VHSs growing up? Yes. Uh, my favorite VHS, which I sold in a garage sale, which it breaks my heart to this day, is Spice World. Oh. I watched that movie like it was the Bible. <laughs> it was my favorite movie of all time. Wow. 
I mean, I understand. I was a, a Spice Girls fan. But Were when, you? Well, I mean, I, you, the hits are undoubtable. <laughs> okay, well, who was your favorite? The hits are undeniable. Um, I actually like Sporty, uh, oh, which is kind of yeah, weird, right. but also scary. Yeah, you know. Very, that very underrated Spice Girls. That's You're very hipster about it. I guess so. Those are just the ones that I like. Maybe I've sort of... <laughs> Uh, I, I like Sporty because she had like the I thought was the best voice, and oh. I thought Scary had the best uh, like vibe. <laughs> wow! I <laughs> is that I, weird? Who should I have picked? No, I don't know. it literally had never occurred to me to rank them by who is the best voice. <laughs> right, I guess because I came to it through the music. I wasn't like a fan <laughs> of the the message of girl power, even though I, I am so. a supporter of that. <laughs> But at the time that I was listening to the Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys and stuff, like, I didn't even speak English. I just, like, remember I learned those songs phonetically so that I could oh, sing wow. along with them. Wow, that's crazy. So you still obviously know them all. Like, word, like they come on, you can sing them all. Not all of them. I don't I actually have a very bad memory for music. Like, I know the part that's addictive, like the chorus or whatever. And right. then anything else, I don't really know. Right. You don't need, you don't know the deep cut verses, but you're like, it's, stop no. right now. Thank <laughs> Pretty much. you very much. Yeah. That's, that's the part that I know. <laughs> it's so funny that you, that you really, like, didn't actually know the words that you were saying. Uh, no. And... Well, because I went to, I grew up in Quebec City, and so I only spoke French for, like, a, a big chunk of my childhood, and that's when all those bands were popular, and I was, like, I, I don't know, I'd never seen, like, women in their 20s, like, <laughs> doing stuff, you know what I mean? So yeah. I was just like, wow, so enthralled by it, and I didn't know what they were saying, I was just, like, so pumped about it. you never seen anyone slam their body down and zig-a-zig, ah. <laughs> No, no, it was very new to me. I was very impressionable. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes that thing hits you at, just at that certain age mm-hmm. <laughs> where you're mm-hmm. just primed for it. Wow, but also crazy. I will say Spice World is a perfect movie. Okay. It has everything. <laughs> it's got romance. It's got mystery. It's got action. It's got, uh, what is it? It's got aliens. It's got dancing. It's got singing. It's got crime. It's got everything it is a perfect movie okay some might say that's too many things <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing it is uh it is an experience in 90 minutes it, i will agree that it is an experience <laughs> <laughs> i've just uh i've googled it here and imdb has it at one and a half stars no that's haters that's a 3.4 <laughs> out of 10 here no i i don't trust the imdb i feel like the imdb gives a lot of high stars to like very boring movies right okay like, no i i don't i don't think that's like a i don't think that's you have to go on the stuff that's like like user rated okay. when i go look up movies i usually go to like the the local theater mm. websites and then i check if people near me like this movie or not wow that's an interesting system yeah i don't i don't go mess around with like critics or whatever because i'm like clearly critics are living a different life They're than jaded. I am. yeah critics are jaded it's their job or whatever they have to like nitpick be so nitpicky they can't yeah. they and can't they're all it. like pushing these nonsense movies like I don't know, these like three hour long epics about old men talking in poems. And you're like, hey, that's like <laughs> obviously not what I'm into. <laughs> yeah. Bring me up. Bring me back the Spice Girls. It's the only way. <laughs> it's a, it is a perfect movie. It, and I'm very sad that I sold it. I hope whoever bought it from me is cherishing that tape. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, great buy. I love a good uh, VHS snag at a garage sale. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I haven't had a garage sale. Do people even do garage sales anymore? Oh, yeah. I mean, in my area, <laughs> for sure. In Hamilton? In Hamilton, yeah, in my little suburb or whatever. I live in uh, Waterdown the, in, in the neighborhood. It's come, come springtime, a nice, nice Saturday, Sunday, there are going to be some garage sales. Oh. Yeah. I lived in Hamilton for a hot uh, less than a year, for a hot <laughs> semester. <laughs> okay. Did you go to Mac or a, a local institution? No, I went, I went to McMaster for my master's degree, Ooh. and I was there for the first semester, and then I hated Hamilton so much, <laughs> I moved back to Toronto, and then uh, I just commuted for the second semester. Oh my goodness. Oh, the Steel City, that's what we call it. <laughs> Hammertown. Or... But I'm sure it's uh, beautiful in other ways. Listen, it's uh, there, it's on the escarpment. Uh, I live on the escarpment, which is very nice. There's a lot of great green space around here. Just like the the city and the downtown core is not the best. <laughs> That's I, why it's like if you imagine RoboCop, <laughs> sort of like the Detroit yeah, of the '80s yeah. or whatever. Oh my god! But exactly. Okay, so the first time I'd gone to downtown Hamilton was for the election. A couple of years ago, and then I w- just went there to vote, and I took the bus, and it was like a real adventure. And I just remember there was <laughs> there, were, there were so many parking lots in downtown Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I want to say downtown Hamilton is like twenty percent Dollarama, eighty percent parking lots. And it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot of like weird strip malls, like. Sort of like a classy strip mall is like the fancy mall <laughs> downtown. But, but I like the mall. What's the mall called? Uh, the one downtown, I don't know. See, because I didn't grow up here either, but my oh. my wife is from here, so she would know. She'd probably been to that mall a bunch. I'm more of a upper, the top of the mountain guy, uh, Lime Ridge Mall. Uh, you ever heard of Lime the, Ridge mall? I hear the mountain's nice. Yeah, so she's from the top of the mountain, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and now, now I live on the escarpment on the other side, so that's also nice. But uh, yeah, yeah, Hamilton, Ontario. Check it out, Arkells. Well, the the mall that has the club in it that has levity in it. Yeah, is that where that is? I haven't been to the new comedy club, Levity. Yeah, I haven't been in it, but it's where the old Yuck Yucks used to be. Right. Okay. So yeah, right downtown. Yeah. Check it out. There's definitely a lot of parking. <laughs> <laughs> Parking available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive your cars. So, uh, well, it's it's nice. I mean, Toronto is also very good, we should say. It's yeah. like Toronto is very good comparatively. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like, love Toronto. It might be a little bit more expensive, but I think for for the culture, for everything else that you're getting that maybe Hamilton doesn't quite have. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think especially with doing comedy, you you really do need the proximity. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no organization in this entire community and industry. Like no one will tell you anything ahead of time or anything. You just kind of have to right place, right time it. Yes. So I think it's in comedy. Like I've gotten so much stuff just by being available and like nearby. Yeah. And it worked out. So that was a real smart move then <laughs> Moving yeah. back. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I couldn't really imagine doing comedy like not in Toronto, like you'd have to have a whole setup that doesn't rely on the community. Yeah, Otherwise yes. it's not possible. Like people forget you so fast if you're not around. Yeah. And that's the thing that you really got to remember about this is you're out there hustling hard. That's like, that's why you got to follow the Instagram stories. Cause you can see the hustle. You're <laughs> out there, multiple shows, so many shows. And like, that's what you got to do, right? Well, yeah, I will say, I think 
I, I don't know. Like, I think a lot, a lot of people have a lot of different philosophies about how to do stand-up. But for me personally, if I'm going to leave my house to go work on material, I can't just do one show. Like, I think that's, like, a colossal waste of my own time to have to get myself to a thing and then get geared up and give my evening. So you do five minutes for, like, at least a three- or four-hour commitment. So if I go out, I try to hit as many shows as I can. So usually I try to do three or four in a row. That's so smart. It's a strategy, and that's (laughs) why you're so smart. Remember I said you were smart up top? That's part of the smart. (laughs) You're smart, and you got the hustle, which is great. You're out there, but it's, you know, work smart, not not hard. Uh, or both. I, I try yeah. to do both. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's much better <laughs> way to say it. Um, so you're out there also hitting auditions. Is there a cool industry term for auditions? Because you've been booking um, some. That's a cool term for it, right? You booked Yeah, it. I'm actually, I'm, you're catching me right now in a very busy time. Uh, it's not always like this. It's like, like really uh, lucky that I get to be so busy. But I just booked a TV show and I'm in the middle of shooting it right now. And I also have a really big showcase coming up at the Rivoli on Wednesday. And there's like we're doing like press coverage and stuff for it, which is very exciting. Oh, that's huge. Going to be a great show. Everyone check it and- out at the Riv. Great venue. And then on Thursday. So my showcase is on Wednesday. Today's Sunday. My showcase is on Wednesday. <laughs> Thursday, I'm going on tour. So Thursday, I'm starting a Western tour in Alberta and BC. And then through my tour, I'm supposed to keep shooting this TV show. I booked it. Like, I don't know. TV is insane for never telling you when anything is happening. So I just booked it. I just had a shoot day last week. And then I have more shoot days that they won't confirm with me yet. So sometime when I've gone on tour, I got to fly back in and out of Toronto to keep shooting. it. You know what? Good problem to have. That's so exciting. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I do feel very uh, like fancy, like yeah. so jet settery. You know what I mean? You're exactly. just like, I'm sorry, I just have to like fly in to shoot this TV show and then go back on my tour. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I forget who said it, but it was like, well, famous comedian was like, yeah, they pay me to travel. <laughs> like that's the, yeah. that's the thing. Like doing the stand up isn't the work. It's the, the doing the travel. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. But um, so what, do you have any good travel hacks? Have you been you've obviously been traveling a bunch recently, so What's uh? You have like a an airport ritual. You wearing pajama pants? Uh, well, okay. So I actually don't travel that much for work at this point. Like it's actually pretty tough to line up touring work unless you're like quite famous. You know what I mean? So I hustle to to travel. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I'm very worried about getting sick on the road mm. because then you're away from everyone that will feel sorry for you and help you. (laughs) Someone who will bring you soup and they can't do it if you're in Alberta. Yeah. And also, I I don't know. I am the queen of overscheduling myself. Like right now I'm going on tour for four weeks and I have shows literally every single night. Every single night for four weeks. And when you're on the road, you do longer sets, right? which is kind of like the advantage of going on the road is you get more stage time. So even even Edinburgh people give themselves that one day. (laughs) Uh, at least I have at least one show every night for the next month and they're all 20 minute sets <laughs> oh, wow. and sometimes two, you know what I mean? And, yep. and I'm somewhere that I don't know. And I'm not like, I'm not a famous or successful comedian at all. I'm not even headlining. So when I go out, I have to find people to let me stay with them. So I'm not even staying in hotels or any space that's like mine. Oh, wow. Uh, and you just travel as, efficiently as possible so like yeah. there's lots of buses and just like you know yeah 
I think the the real hack to traveling is be likable. Because then uh, yeah, yeah. strangers will take pity on you and help you. That's actually how I got through a lot of my backpacking when I was traveling, like, before I was a comedian, when I was just going through Europe and stuff, was, like, I just, like, couldn't have done it if people weren't just, like, nice to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And sometimes, if, especially if you're on your own in a strange country, like, yeah. it's, like, you have to rely on the people who are around you. Yeah. And you, yeah, being nice is is a, is a huge thing hack i don't know if it's a hack but it's like just be nice and that helps it it really is and i also do think you have to kind of master the art of like looking a little pathetic so that people just like take care of you okay that's what i was looking for i've got i got you now so that's the real piece of info just be a little be a little yeah piteous just like a little because i I think that people don't like it if you ask for help people feel good if they give you help you know they they assess the situation be like look at this person what are they oh my god if i don't step in this person person's gonna have a real tough time (laughs) yes absolutely people feel great about like helping you and then if you on top of that are very grateful and fun to hang out with then they're like wow i did such a good thing for this person and it was a fun time to hang and like interesting to learn about them and then they feel so great and then you you know didn't have to pay for a hotel (laughs) (laughs) kathy this is win-win this is what this is what the people listen for this is great (laughs) advice you should be writing this down listeners also more reason to follow Cassie. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're busy as heck, about to be busy as heck. Oh, I was looking at your commercials that you have booked and are oh in the can God. and have aired. <laughs> the Motrin one and Milky Way yeah. one that are on your website. Everyone go check them out. CassieCare.com yeah. slash videos. Those ones are, like, older now. Like, I've had a couple of other ones out, but I, I don't know. I can't keep track of the commercials anymore because they sometimes renew them. Sometimes they go out of airing them. But I do think it's always so exciting when people recognize me in commercials. I'm baffled that people can recognize me. Like, I never recognize anyone in a commercial. You're a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I only saw the character. I didn't. I only saw the pain whatever yeah. pain boardroom <laughs> brainstormer <laughs> well, i think so i also think like first of all no one's really paying that kind of attention to like the people's faces and commercials but also it's so like out of context i because i've had friends that i haven't talked to in years that i knew in like high school that have messaged me being like are you in this motrin commercial <laughs> and i'm like even if I watched a commercial where I was like, this looks like my friend Jim from grade nine, I wouldn't be like, I bet you he became an actor and got into this commercial. Like, that's not a thing that would occur to me. Well, for some people, you know, be like, it's got to be that. Like, they just be kept thinking about it. Be like the next yeah. week later, they're just at work and be like. But what if it is? <laughs> what if it right? is Jim? You know. You know what? I think what it is is I'm very memorable, <laughs> <laughs> and like people are watching these commercials and can't get me out of their heads, which is you know this is my my on on camera charm. <laughs> That's what it is, and it's a uh, yeah. It's I mean it's so great to see you know friends in commercials. So it's probably fun for all your your friends and fans, right? I think it's actually it's very funny. Like I've had people even on Twitter whom I've never met who don't know what I look I mean I guess wow. they know what I like <laughs> they really put two and two together there but yeah but like some some I don't know someone from like PEI or something just like recently asked me if I was in the Motrin commercial and I was like yes but also we don't know each other how would you possibly <laughs> recognize me just a huge fan of commercial actors I mean you know what I, I I'll take it <laughs> 
we've had some good commercial actors on the pod. We've got friends of the show. Um, Amanda Brooke Perrin. I remember seeing her in uh, some commercials. And I was like, that's so fun. Where she was yeah. in that, uh, she was in like that Siri one where she made it summer oh, yeah. inside. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's freaking Amanda Brooke Perrin. Uh, I think comedians are always really successful at booking commercials because that's what they want in the audition room is for you to be like loose and then you make them laugh, right? Like when I, I don't, I'm not like a career actor or anything. Like I had a full career as an economist before this. So like I have no training at all. And so when I go into audition rooms, like my only, the only thing I think about is like trying to make the camera person laugh. That's great. (laughs) Which I think is how you book commercials. It doesn't work for real stuff. Like, it doesn't work for TV and movies. They, <laughs> right. like, want you to have talent. <laughs> but for commercials, I think, like, they're so sick of auditioning all day that yeah. if you go in and you make them laugh, then they'll just remember you. <laughs> and I think that's also probably what they're looking for, right? Someone who's just, like, going to be, like, the person that can make you laugh, right, in the commercial. Yeah, well, I also think uh, people, I, I don't really have very uh, deep insights on acting because it's not really, like, I don't have any training in so we're it. We're not going to get I, into your process. But, <laughs> but from what I've learned, like, I've been pretty successful at auditioning uh, just because there's not a lot of uh, comedians and especially, like, Asian women. Like, there's just not that many. So I think I, like, stand out a little bit. But I, from what I've learned from being on set is that most of acting is not about acting. Most of acting is, like, you being a pleasant person again going back to traveling just like you're gonna be on set with these people shooting this commercial for like 16 hours like they want you to be a fun person (laughs) yeah yeah exactly no that's and you're the person everyone's looking at right like everyone's lighting you shooting you directing (laughs) you like miking you like all that like all the focus is on you if you're unpleasant and people have to stare at you for 16 hours they'll be so upset it's true. Wow. It's so like commonsensical, but it's just yeah. so key. So I think a lot of people cast just based on like you being a chill person. <laughs> wow. What a great skill to have developed, Cassie. You're so chill. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working for this for my whole life. <laughs> just like, oh man, she's so chill. Let's get her on. Get her on the commercial. Let's get her on set. Well, I think that's why people like comedians because comedians are, especially for commercials and stuff, right? Because like comedians are typically, I mean, I'm not going to say all of them, but like a lot of comedians don't really have a lot of ego about acting. They're just like so psyched to have work and then they're just there to like make all the crew laugh and and they're like very uh, happy to take direction and they're not going to try to be like, I think it should be this other way. We're just like, oh my God, do you want me to keep making jokes? Cause it's like my dream to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess it's sort of like for a comedian it might be bonus work, right? Like sort of a side stream that they never thought of as the main thing, but for actors it's like as a negative side thing where it's like waiting tables and doing commercials, maybe not exactly what they want to do. They want to be acting in dramatic roles. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know that many actors, but I think I always think it's so funny when people really want to do dramatic acting because it's not that I'm not interested in it, but just to like really seek it out to be in a position where you have to make yourself so angry, like as a comedian that goes against everything (laughs) that I'm trying to do. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, why do you want to be cry, like make yourself angry and crying all the time? Yeah, I'm like, you, you want to be sad, just like live your life. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah there's enough sad shit. <laughs> Need to be more chill like Cassie. <laughs> All right, so let's get down to it. Dating. What apps have you tried? You online dating? Oh, my God. You doing I'm on, online dating? I'm on all of the things. 
I don't even I, know what they are. What, what, how many, <laughs> what, what are they? I know, t- I know about Tinder and I've heard of, <laughs> I heard tell of these other ones such as Bumble and they have weird names like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're match. all called com. like Squish. Like, <laughs> oh, listen, I am a, a, a vet of the online dating. It absolutely does not work. and is the bane of my existence and yet I do it because I'm very lonely (laughs) and um I've I've done all the apps oh my god I do all of them I've done I've done tinder boom I've done bumble Bumble. I've done uh okay cupid okay cupid yes I forgot Uh, that one I've done even the 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 new ones okay I've never done plenty of fish only because I you're saving (laughs) it (laughs) I I was like my standards are low enough already I don't know I don't need to go oh burn yeah I Um, I ain't just I ain't no fish but I well I hear that everyone on plenty of fish is like just like really young people Mm. I don't know it's Mm. it's not I don't know I don't know but I tried the new ones so there's new ones now there's like there's hinge Okay, Hinge. Uh, I've heard of this one. And there's another one recently, uh, Coffee Meets Bagel. Okay, that so it's more of like a day, daytime meetup focused? I literally, I don't know what the difference is between <laughs> all these things. Because they, each one I, has to have their like niche or like their focus kind of thing, right? Well, I actually think the difference is how they operate. So all of them have like a little bit different rules. Yeah. So it just depends on what you like based on that. Yeah. But I will say if you're like desperate to find love, you're on all of them. So eventually you end up seeing the exact same people on all, everything. <laughs> That's so funny that you have to keep swiping through and you're seeing the same people. Uh, yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I also think it's like so skewed for like men and women, like men have such low success on any of these apps that they have to be on all of them. Right. Yeah. You can't yeah, afford it's... to only be on one and get one match every like six months. No, oh, I guess it's true. Yeah, you gotta have a million <laughs> fishing rods out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one I fishing think rod so. in each app. Listen, it seems uh, as much as I think it's rough online dating as a woman. Like, I can't imagine how rough it is online dating as a man. Yeah, for I mean, it is completely different, right? Like, it's a different perspective, different way of attacking things. Probably, ah. like I'm sure you've seen the whole spectrum of like opening lines, like good for opening lines that sort of like pique your interest, and you're like, oh, it's it's fine. It's like non-threatening. It's you know playful, maybe or funny. Uh, and then you've seen the other end, <laughs> probably. I, I will say, like, you get jaded very quickly doing online dating. That's it has to be in waves. Like, nobody can be online dating consistently all the time because you get so angry so you have to like when you're in a good mood you like ramp it up and then you do that for a couple months and then everyone is terrible and then you fall into a deep depression and then you don't do it for a couple months and then you heal and then right. you get optimistic again and then you're like oh i bet i could do yeah. it again and then you have to go back wow yeah it's uh yeah it's a, a, ner- a d- awful cycle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a journey. Wow. <laughs> you get jaded so quickly because like like now sometimes I feel you judge people very fast on online dating, which like of course is the point of it, but you kind of develop a little system in your head of how to filter people mm. and it's based on nothing, right? It's just fully <laughs> well, based on like instinct and your mood. Yeah, and your past experience with similar <laughs> things yeah I like guess oh so, but- once I, I swiped right on a guy who was holding a fish and he was a huge <laughs> asshole see you later fisherman yeah. but but i will say like 
you you develop these rules in your head of like people with fish are idiots <laughs> and then but then you because there's so much sampling out there you talk to enough of these people that a lot of these rules like make a lot of sense yeah like you like they seem like they're based on nothing but they i just find like small indicators of in early in your interaction almost always correctly bloom out to be a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. So yeah. How long do you normally chat with someone before you like set up a meetup or just like, it depends on your mood, right? Depends on what part of the cycle you're in. <laughs> I, it does. It does depend on my mood, but I, I like, I just know like when I was younger and I was starting online dating, I was so willing to give people benefit of the doubt. So right. like I would chat with them for a long time, like weeks and it, we would like text forever before we would meet and like, you just also you put up with a lot of stuff you're like ah this guy's like not that good looking but it'll will like whatever or you're like nah he's like bad at this but (laughs) but we'll like get through it you know what I mean whereas now I have like no patience for any of it like if you're not perfect I don't have time for you yeah each bad each like failure or whatever you're just like oh that just a little bit more jaded (laughs) for the next guy Yeah, well, now, like, I don't, so, so for example, like, I love texting, but I've noticed I just will dump so much time, and the success rate of online dating is just so low that you can't be chatting with everyone for, like, days and days and days before you meet them, so now, now I, you know, we'll have one chat, like, one conversation, Yeah. and if you're not terrible at the end of that, then, then let's meet, because I'm not gonna text you for a week, and then meet you, and then find out, like, there's something else really wrong with you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the re- the meeting is the real meat and potatoes uh, test, yes. right? I've also learned some guys are well, maybe girls too. I don't know. I'm not trying to date girls, but uh, some people I think are very good at texting. Like they're very charming, they're very receptive, and like available, and like they can communicate a lot of emotions and nuance through oh. texting. And then when you meet them in person, they like. Don't, they're like fully different people. They just like don't know how to emote at all. Wow. Yeah, I never thought of that. Like I, I always think about like the dichotomy about the person's life online now and then versus like IRL or how they are in real life. But yeah. I never thought how like it would translate where you're seeing both sides because you're you're interacting with their online self through the app. And then when you meet them in real life, you get that true like, wow, it's, it's different or it's similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I never really thought about that. Wow, There's also nice. so mentions that you don't assess for online that you can't, right? Like, for example, it took me so long to realize this, but like, you can't figure out what people's voices sound like when uh. you dating them. <laughs> like, you could be chatting with like a very handsome man who's like very attentive and da 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 da, but then he has like a jacked up voice when you meet him, and it just like, it means like chemistry is so fickle, you know? That's pretty nuts. Like, what? I don't understand what. That, why these things don't have like a little video like that used to be the thing right like these dating services you remember like in the oh. 80s where it'd be like you go in and they like there's a coach there or whatever who like asks you <laughs> questions about yourself and you just like sit there and they video you like answering a few questions about yourself and then people like browse the videos and they're like oh yeah i'd love a, i'd love a date with chad you seem <laughs> He seemed very nice. And then uh, yeah, so like, I, it's surprising that these, these apps don't get you to have a six-second Vine intro where you're like, oh, hey, well, uh, I, my name's Cassie. 
Well, actually, can I tell you a very fun story? So last summer, I was part of Just for Laughs Montreal. Congrats. And thanks. And it was uh, my first time at the festival, and it was very exciting. And like, I somehow made friends with Godfrey. Do you know who he is? Of course, Godfrey, comedian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I just ran into Godfrey on the street in Montreal at like, I don't know, like three in the morning and we went to get poutine. It was just, it wasn't just me, like me and some other comedians. We all just like went to get poutine and we just like became buddies. And he's very friendly. I think he's like becomes buddies with everyone. And uh, he was friends with all of the comics that are that were on the Nasty show last summer. Mm-hmm. And so like later, he just brought me into the Nasty show green room. To meet all the comics. And it was like Robert Kelly and like Miss um, Pat and uh, there's so many, so many amazing. I was just so starstruck being in there, like very awkward hanging out in that green room. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know. I mean, I knew everyone and no one knew me. It was exactly, a very yeah. terrible feeling. But Nikki Glazer was on the show and I'm a huge fan of hers. And I just think she's fantastic. And she was just there and like, Everyone's, like, not trying to make it weird, so, like, no one's trying to be, like, you're not allowed to be here, because I was brought in with Godfrey. Right. But then, obviously, nobody knows who I am, and it's really difficult to be, like, I'm also a comedian. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just <laughs> don't know you. So, I was trying to be cool, and, like, I really wanted to talk to Nikki Glazer, and I just, like, was sitting around trying to, like, like orchestrate a scenario <laughs> where I could sit next to her organically. It's yeah. just like very complicated. But it took uh, the whole show. But at the end of the show, I finally like got myself into a scenario where I was near her. And then we talked about dating. And she was telling me how hard it was to date and how to use the apps and all that stuff. And we were talking about like whether or not <laughs> she like dates comedians. And then she showed me her Raya app. Have you heard of Raya? Oh, yeah. This is a VIP dating yes. app, right? For some level of celebrity and above. Yeah. It's like for famous people and beautiful people. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that beautiful people were excluded. But maybe you have to be affiliated <laughs> with uh, some sort of agency, like a beautiful people uh, agency. Well, no. It's like it's based on how many people follow you on Instagram. So, okay. so it's basically just like famous people and Instagram models. Instagram <laughs> famous. Yeah. That counts. <laughs> And so she was showing it to me, and obviously I've never seen it before, and we were swiping through them. And on Raya, it's like a little video okay. uh, instead of pictures that you swipe through, but it's insane. Smart. Like it's, it's, not, it's not like you're talking about. It's not like people like saying stuff about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like it's absolutely crazy. It's like a little montage. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's like a slideshow pretty much. Okay. Of like your pictures, but then intercut in between your pictures are like, like <laughs> they're like wallpaper photos. There's <laughs> just like a valley like, or like um like a, a swing in the park, <laughs> like just <laughs> crazy shit. <laughs> and it's set to music. And the the craziest thing is like you have to watch the video to to read the profile. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it sounds like exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> they got there ahead of me. Well, you just like sit on your phone and you gotta watch this like thirty second video clip it. of like Enya singing, and then these like rolling hills, and then like some bald guy's head, <laughs> like, like <laughs> just in the middle, like a Getty images of him on a red carpet or something. It's like absolutely like mania. Like you, if you want to skip it, you have to like go find the you know, the, the thing on the bottom of the video and like drag it along to the fast forward. <laughs> oh God, no. 
<laughs> well, I guess, you know, that's the that's the problem of being a VIP celebrity. <laughs> it was wild and hilarious. Wow, that's pretty nuts. So one day you'll you'll make it to to Raya, right? Like that's the oh, <laughs> it's on God, the bucket that's, list. That's all I want. Although I, <laughs> I was asking Nikki Glaser about because I just I think she's so successful, so hilarious, so beautiful. Like I just like think she's tits, and and she was talking about how much of a hard time she was having dating, and I was like, how is this possible? Like, what hope is there for the rest of us? And she was saying that Raya like doesn't actually work as well as you would think it would because. All the men on there are like pretty average dudes. They're like producers or musicians or whatever. Mm. But then if you're a woman, you're like competing with Instagram models. So like Oh, it's doubly unfair. It's like everyone's better, but then you're everyone you're competing with is also better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, maybe better stick to hinge, I guess. <laughs> so it's pretty rough out there. I I don't know. I don't think online dating works but now more and more you hear people that are like getting married that like have met through okcupid or whatever but i think it's just volume at this point right like so it's like the default now like you don't even not online date (laughs) it's like you don't not do it i think yeah right like like kids growing up i don't know when it when you're allowed to log into these things like 18 19 does it age a majority I don't know. Right? Like, it's crazy. Like, at what age are you allowed to get a <laughs> Hinge account? Oh, I've, like, never even thought about it. I've never tried to use it as a teen. I'm assuming but, like, that, like, college-age people is, like, it, right? Like, But can I also it? say, like, most people on online dating sites don't even really want to date, nor do they want to hook up. Like, a lot of people on these sites just want to chat mm-hmm. or they just want to match yeah. Uh, like they play it like a game. Right? It, like is, they call it is it fun, game. right? Yeah, it's points. You got yeah. so many matches because so you because you got like, a good picture. <laughs> you collect people, or sometimes like even I've done this. Like I'll just go on the app when I'm like bored and I'll try to chat with someone, and I have no intention of meeting them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean <laughs> like, it, it works for that though too, right? Yeah, it does work. I don't know. You know what, Cassie? I think we can agree that it is a wild west out there of online dating. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I am not <laughs> subject to it. Oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. All right. Well, I think we can get to the questions from Twitter. Yeah. So I've asked for questions on Twitter and we got some great ones. Well, first question from friend of the show, Malt underscore Skull on Twitter. Shout out to Malt, our Finnish friend. And his question is, if you could headline any comedy event or sell out any venue, what would it be and why? Um, I think it's weird to think about like selling out a venue. Like I don't, I don't know that people derive... I don't know. I guess it must be a thing that people are like, oh, the bigger the theater I can sell out, the more like that makes me a likable person. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of like massive, like the biggest, like you're selling out Madison Square Garden like five nights in a row or whatever. Like that's like the for comedy. That's like the biggest that has ever been done or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But I I don't know that those are actually enjoyable like spaces to perform in because I imagine like a really huge stadium like that throws off the whole vibe, right? Like the the club feel, I think, is the the well, most you know what? intimate. You know what? The question is, if you could headline any comedy event or sell out any venue, what would it be? So it could be the smallest venue, you know. You could sell out, be like, it would be the Ossington <laughs> for my album recording. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, what's, what about you know, a festival? Have you heard of, uh, like big comedy festivals they have now or like music festivals that also have comedy? <laughs> no, I think that's a terrible idea to try yeah. to sell out a venue that does music instead. Cause everyone will love music and they will hate the comedian. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I would want to sell out just like, okay, you know, what actually looks really nice is the, um, the Sydney opera house. The, the one that uh, Hannah Gadsby did hers in, oh, that yeah. looks like a really nice venue. Ooh, it was dang. like graduated seating and it was so like artsy. I always feel like it's so fancy to do arts venues, yeah. like places where normally you go see ballets and orchestras and stuff. That's mm-hmm. like super classy. Yeah, I just did a show at the National Arts Center and it was oh, so beautiful. That's fancy. Yeah. That is like very fancy. Mm-hmm. Were you wearing a ball gown? <laughs> Oh my god, I would have if they would let me. I absolutely would have. Uh, there was like really exciting like lights and uh, and, and there were like um like shadows behind you on the curtains that like made it look like you were in a forest. Like oh, wow. it was the most beautiful venue. Wow, that's so cool. That that'd be a good venue to sell out. <laughs> I mean, I guess we already did that. That show was sold out. So well, freaking check I'm, it off I'm, the list. <laughs> it's the it's the Sydney Opera House of, of Ottawa. <laughs> Sydney Opera House of Ottawa. Wow, that's great. Um, yeah, great ve- great answer, Sydney Opera House. I believe that's where Simply Red uh, recorded their their final farewell show album. Mm, Got to check it out. Oh simply red all right well thank you very much to malt friend of the show to uh for the question at malt underscore skull you got to check him out oh the way the water flowed under the snow all right next question comes to us from todd williams at the todd williams uh hi cassie i don't know you so here are my standard first (laughs) must knows one favorite local hangout what is it Oh my God, my house. I pay so much money to be in it. This is where I like to hang. And also this is where my cat lives. That's a great answer. And it's so smart. You are paying a bunch of money. Like people don't think that you're like paying a cover fee for your own house. But (laughs) if you are paying the money, you think about it all the time. So yeah, yeah, that's a great um, uh, local hangout. But uh, if you had to leave to go somewhere, where would it be? Um, well, it, this is also like tricky for me because I don't drink. I don't do any of the fun activities. I don't dance. So like most of those places I don't frequent, mm-hmm. but I guess like, where do I like to hang out? Yeah, I like to hang out at comedy venues. Okay. So, so like, I guess, uh, Oh, okay. Actually where I like to hang out is the Alibaba's across the street from comedy bar. Boom. Both great uh, hangouts. <laughs> love shawarma. I will fight anyone who says shawarma is not a health food. And uh, if you find a comedy venue, I will be at the nearest shawarma place. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. You got to check out the local shawarma at Alibaba. All right. Now, number number two from Todd. How many glasses of milk can you drink in a row? And be, uh, and be not honest. Many. Not many. I'm not a fan of milk. You're not a, a lactose tolerant person oh no i i am uh You're tolerant but not like a fan <laughs> yeah. i just don't like it and i i don't think i would oh i i don't think i, I would waste my uh my thirst quenching on milk i that's not my beverage of choice right and we're not supposed to drink a lot of it <laughs> i think anyway. yeah i don't think dairy is good for you but i i don't know <laughs> so the answer is probably one 
Yeah, maybe a less than one. I don't. I can't really see myself. I've never finished a whole beer because I don't like it. There's no way I would finish a whole glass of milk. I think. <laughs> okay. So, what is your go-to uh, uh, drink? Is it water? It is water. Hell but yeah. I, I, will, I will say because I don't drink beer and I get a lot of drink tickets doing comedy. Mm. Uh, I love venues that have kombucha. Ooh. I love using my drink tickets if there's kombucha at wow. the Burdock. They have kombucha on tap. Oh, wow. And it's like the best time of my life. That is next level. Um, my wife, shout out, just got into drinking kombucha. So I recently Yo. found out what that is. And uh, <laughs> that is a drink, uh, like a weird fermented tea. Uh, yeah. Oh, and- everybody get into it. It's so great. Get into it. it, it but it is wildly expensive. So using those drink yeah. tickets must be, wow, that's probably more expensive than a beer. Oh, my God. When I did a show at the Burdock, they gave me eight drink tickets and <laughs> I, first of all i was like i don't know who's drinking someone would here. die yeah or like you'd be <laughs> very you'd yeah. have a real rough set if you had those tickets before yeah but then this woman at the bar was like do you want our kombucha on tap and i was like thank god i have eight tickets <laughs> holy cow you're like can i get it in a to-go mason jar <laughs> oh my god i should have done that yeah I brought just my own. brought your own mason jar like what's clinking in your backpack uh just six <laughs> glass jars of kombucha no. Yeah, no, I'm just being eco-friendly. <laughs> wow, okay, that's great. Kombucha. What's your favorite um, kombucha brand? I'm looking for new brands. Did you think that? Oh, um, I just have the normal one. I forget what it's called. Yeah, the the OG one. It was it called like Synergy or something like that? I don't know. It. I don't know. But I GT uh, right? GT. It's like. Uh, uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. It has a little. Like Mandala on the front. Anyways, check it out at your local grocery store, Kombucha. And you can make your own if you have like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, if you got a lot of free time. <laughs> you got some time. All right. All right. And the final question from Todd Poppy Carlos. Worst job? Worst job. Worst job. That I've ever done or just like that exists? The question is worst job. So I guess it can be interpreted however you want. I'm Um, not going to infer what Todd meant by the question. Okay. Well, when I was a teen, I was, uh, not to brag, a makeup girl at Shoppers Drug Mart. Okay. Uh, And this was well before I used makeup. And I just, like, (laughs) no idea what I was doing out there. Um, But I remembered, like, you just have to lie to get commission (laughs) sales. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a retail commission environment. Do you have to wear the? Do you have to wear uh, like a lab coat, or do you have to like dress up? Uh, you're supposed to have a little like blazer type of situation. Okay, right, yeah. Um, again, keeping in mind, I was 16 and like not at all aware of fashion, <laughs> <laughs> like just not just unaware. <laughs> and then <laughs> these like these like middle aged ladies would always come in and be like, "Will this like fifty five dollars skin cream make me look younger?" And you're like, "Yes, with the time machine." You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, "Yes." Asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> So I just remember you, you all, and all the other makeup girls were really mean to me, <laughs> oh. but, but like rightfully so. You know I what? Think. I can't be, I can't say I'm surprised <laughs> like <laughs> from my, what I know of, uh, shoppers, drug mart makeup counter girls, which is right? a very yeah. limited amount of interactions, but from the amount of interactions that I have, which is some, they're, yeah, no, they're kind of like the mean girls in high school yes, or whatever, right? They like, are. They're, they're ruthless because <clears> they all they do is lie to, to old ladies about whether or not to buy the expensive products. Yeah. And then they're also like very cutthroat. 
I don't know why it was such a competitive environment. At the well, it's their place. money, right? You got to secure the bag. You got to, uh, if that old lady goes over to <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, yeah, Michelle going to get that sale. <laughs> I guess. I mean, we were making 1% commission, so I don't know how much of an incentive that was, but okay. I don't know. But yes, yeah, so they were all like quite mean to me. But like, again, rightfully, so I was like so young and like absolutely didn't know about makeup. <laughs> but, like, you know what? It sounds like that's a bad job. <laughs> yeah so that and then i got fired from that so you got fired no well it was like a weird firing like they for sure wanted to fire me but at the time i was 16 i was in school like i did not care about this job yeah, yeah, yeah. and like when exams came up i was like hey can i just like have can't fewer work. shifts because i can't really work as much this month and they're like would you rather just not have any shifts and at the time i was like yeah, I guess that would work for me. And then I just like never <laughs> like, went back. Would you like to just fade away from working here? <laughs> uh, but that's like actually literally how that went down. And then I was like, yeah, I don't really care particularly. So I just like gave them my name tag and then left. Wow, that really worked out. Yeah, yeah. that kind of happened to me one time with like a, a high school job where it was like, I had another job and I told this one other job, I was like, oh, I can work like these couple days uh, a week and they just stopped scheduling me. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. But at the time, like I was too dumb to think about it, but at the time I should have like made a fuss about it and gotten them to fire me so then I could claim employment insurance. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that would have been the trick. But, yeah. you know, live and learn. Yeah, live well, and learn. So thank you very much to Todd for the great questions. Got to check him out at the Todd Williams. He looks like a statue. All right, <laughs> next question comes to us from Eugene Byron. Oops, I'm sorry. Eugene Byron at EY Byron on Twitter. And this question is, favorite game show? Um, I don't watch a lot of game shows, but I do like... I every once in a while will get sucked into a Jeopardy wormhole on YouTube. Okay. Uh, and I don't particularly care about the questions, but I love the contestants. <laughs> okay. The people fascinate me because none of them have TV experience, so they're all so shocked to be on television. Um, and I also think Alex Trebek is really mean to everyone. I oh, don't yeah. know if everyone else gets this vibe <laughs> off of him. Yeah, definitely. But he's like 100% making fun of everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's great um, supercuts on YouTube of just like him being uh, so subtly vicious <laughs> to the people, right? Yeah. It's so like just quietly, underhandedly, incredibly mean. <laughs> yeah, I, and I love that because all the, the contestants never can tell. They're always like answering the, the questions very earnestly. And I also think like a lot of the, the men on there are very sweet. Like they always like to talk about their wives in the little chat segment. And I'm like, that's so cute. So, you know, I like that. Jeopardy is I, a great answer. <laughs> I've, I've watched all the episodes of Ken Jennings. I think he's fantastic. And I fangirl him so hard. Oh, you fangirl Ken Jennings, another Twitter uh, guy. He like pivoted to being yeah. famous on Twitter after his Jeopardy run. And he like writes books now and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's good. Um, have you seen the new guy? The new Jeopardy champion who like broke the records for like most in a in one episode and he went on a crazy run. I think he might still be on it and he's like using a uh, crazy Jeopardy game theory to like um, crush everyone. I okay, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I I very recently I made some kind of tweet where somebody was like you should date this Jeopardy guy that's like making a bunch of money. James Holzhauer is his name. I don't know if that's him, but I looked him up. Wait, let me, let me 
let me Google him. What? How did you spell his name? Uh, J- James H O L Z H A U E R. Uh, and he won $131,127 on an episode of Jeopardy. Yes, it was this guy. Yeah. And they were like, you should try to date him because he has a lot of money. And I was like, relax, I don't need this guy's money. He's like, not even that handsome. Why would I date him? That's crazy. <laughs> well, also, he's good at Jeopardy. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, isn't he the one who, like, figured out the buzzer? There's, I think he, he, what he did was combine all of the theories, right? So like Ken Jennings kind of showcased how you could kind of use theories, uh, game theory on, on it to exploit it. And then other people have sort of tried and done pretty well using the, the different theories, but he like combined all the theories into his own version of it. And it like worked out, uh, insanely well where he was able to win all this money. Uh, but I like Ken Jennings not because he was successful. I like Ken Jennings because he's so sweet and genuine. He was because very clever. Because there, the, there was the other guy that was like better at Jeopardy. The the Brad whoever who was yeah. like an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the the two of them that that uh, played against Watson. The other guy. Yeah. And I don't like him. I think he's got a bit of an attitude problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and he was, he was very handsome and he was very good at Jeopardy, but I didn't like him as much as Ken Jennings. He's a secret bad guy and you got to root for Ken Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you, Eugene, for your great question. All right. The next question comes to us from Marvin at Clarity1185 on Twitter. And he asks, what has been your most memorable performance? Uh, <laughs> why is that his voice? <laughs> I know. I just that's what I thought he sounded like. <laughs> okay, okay, great. I don't know Marvin. Uh, just but based that's, on instinct, <laughs> Marvin. If it's not what your voice sounds like, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be sued for defamation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my most memorable experience. Yeah. Um. Well, you know what? The NAC one was not bad, but actually, the best thing I've done is a roast show. It's called Your Hood's a Joke, which is a really great uh, worldwide phenomenon created by Danish Anwar or Danish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's fantastic. And I work with him a lot. He's a really great producer. And uh, we did a show for New Year's Eve a couple years ago at the CAA Mervish Theater at Bloor and Young. Mm -hmm. And that's like a like a thousand seater. And that was and it was full and it was an insane experience to play for that many people, especially it was roast jokes and, mm-hmm. and everyone was on board. So like roast jokes have a quality of like being like one liners, right? Yeah. Like you <clears throat> do the joke and then it has a punchline and then it like the big the build comes. and then bam punch. Yeah. And so it was I just remember it was so insane to do those jokes and then listen to the laughter start at the beginning, like at the front of the yeah. audience and then peel back. And then the people at the back would laugh and then it would roll back in. And that was I that was the I think easily the largest audience I've ever played for. And so it was the only time I'd ever felt this thing, like, I don't know, I yeah. listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. And <laughs> I was just about, thinking that, yeah. A yeah, lot of comedians talk about that. it. Yeah, it was like once you trans- translate to start doing like medium to bigger sized theaters and venues, that there's this thing where you have to wait for the laugh. Like you have yeah. to wait extra time for the people at the back because it takes an extra second for them to get the joke. And then the laughter yeah. takes an extra second. You have to wait that extra second to not like jump in for your next uh, one line roast tag or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And and they also talk about like uh, you get to a certain point where you play the audience laughter like an instrument. And I got like a tiny glimpse of that because it was it was very much like especially in that roast environment, everyone's paying so much attention that the slightest thing that you do, like you twitch your eye, you make a small movement, you smile, like people catch on everything. So I remembered I was like after my joke during the laughter, you could sustain the rolling laughs by like, I would like smile or whatever, like (laughs) my hair and then it would go again. And it was insane to do it that way. Like a physical tag. You're like, yeah, I just said that. (laughs) What are you going to do? That's great. Yeah. That was my most memorable experience. And it was, it was such a high. I was like, I've never done drugs, but like, I imagine that's the closest (laughs) I will come to doing drugs. And it was, you just feel so out of body. And then I remember the show ended quite early because it was New Year's Eve. So we weren't trying to like ring in the new year with people. So we ended at like maybe nine or 10. And then I didn't have plans that night. So I just went home and then you come from doing <laughs> such a high energy show, then I was just home and I got so sad. Oh yeah, that's the other side of it. Like you gotta, you gotta unwind all that energy, right? Like yeah. you gotta do, do something to to yeah. wind down. Well, at the time, like I, I could have like gone out to comedy bar or whatever and hung out with other people, which would have been smarter, I think. But I just was like, I'm tired. I'm gonna go home, and I didn't think about it. And then I was just like you have so much uh, like dopamine swimming in your head and then suddenly there's nothing there. You're like, I'm so alone. Yeah. The crazy like adrenaline spike of the show. And then like the denouement <laughs> after. Yeah. 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 It's pretty wild. Well, great answer. would have been great to see that show. Uh, you got to check out any roast battle, uh, comedy roast battle. If it's in your city and it travels all over the globe, he yeah. had a run in Tokyo recently. So yeah. Shout out to Danish. Uh, he's an OG Twitter follower of mine, although I have never met him. <laughs> so, Oh, really? He's yeah. great. I work with him a lot. I do his roast show all the time. Now it's a monthly at Yuck Yucks uh, on Sunday night. And yeah, he's traveling it all around and it's a huge thing. Yeah, it's a huge thing. So check it out if it is in your nick of the woods. Roast battle or your hood's a joke. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we got one more question, the old question bag here for Cassie before we wind her up. And that question comes to us from, what do you know it, the next week's guest on the program. It's Llama in a Tux. I'm talking about at Llama in a Tux. Nice. Long time friend of the show question asker, soon to be friend of the show, asks, which Ninja Turtle would win in a fight if they all turned on each other? Uh, I don't know the Ninja Turtles, but I know they all have colors. Yes. And I what like do you them. know the colors? Uh, I don't. All right, well, just list some colors. There's four okay. colors, and we'll see if you get them. I think there's a red one. Yes. I think there's a yellow one. Mm, no. Is it orange? It's orange. Okay, fine. There's an orange one. There's orange. I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay. We well we strayed from the primary colors, but okay. And then and then I'm not clear. I think there's a, is there a green one? No, they're all green. <laughs> well, okay, fine. Well, then I don't know. Then I don't know the other one. You don't want to guess? There's two more colors. Just take a is, guess. Is it? There's a blue one? Gotta be a blue one. He's the leader. He's the leader? Is the yeah. blue one? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, all right, whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, well, it's not, it wouldn't be my pick for colors, but if I was the leader, I would pick a better color, but whatever. Uh- <laughs> um, and is there a purple one? Purple, of course. Complimentary with the orange. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to say I like the red one. 
So the red one would win if they all turn on each other. I mean, that's a great answer. That's probably, that'd be my pick. And he would be my pick of the person who would turn on the rest of them. So maybe it's like they don't turn on each other. Red one just turns on the (laughs) other three and kills them all. Well, can I say, I literally don't know anything about the but Ninja Turtles comes up very often in improv, of which I also do. I'm an improviser. (laughs) And so I've learned a little bit about the Ninja Turtles fully through improv scenes with other people that I just had to yes and them. That's so funny. And I I believe the red one has anger problems. Is that that is Possible? correct. Yes, that is correct. Well, the the, the I, name of the, we should name them, and that's Raphael is the one we're talking okay. about. Red for Raphael, okay. and he's mad. He's always angry. Leonardo I, is the leader. He's blue. Donatello, okay. purple. He's the okay. he does machines, and of course, party dude Michelangelo is the orange guy. Okay. Well, I'm on. I'm on board with the red one. Yes. What What's his name? Raphael. Raphael. They're all named okay. after those famous Renaissance painters. Yeah. Well, I like him. He's after my heart yeah he was my uh, favorite he too ang- he's a badass if he has anger problems i'm on board <laughs> i'm angry all the time as well and he seems he seems like he would tell you the truth which i like you know what i guess that's true he is a yeah if nothing else honest yes which i it is an important quality in a comedian <laughs> it's an important quality you know because the truth there's got to be the truth to make it really funny right Mm-hmm. You gotta have the truth in comedy. People, people love true things. You don't have to be funny if you're very honest. Yeah, it, some things are funny because they're true. You just say yeah. it because it's true and it's funny. So yeah, it's a little secret. Uh, it, that's a that's a comedy hack. Is if you cannot figure out joke writing, which a lot of comedians apparently can't, you just tell the truth, and then it doesn't matter what format. So it smart. Is. So anybody listening, if you're writing on a set right now, just write <laughs> some re- true stuff. Think about some facts. And then uh, (laughs) see if that works. Gargle at some facts, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cassie, I think we did it. Thank you so much again for being my guest on the new and improved season two of Friends of the Show, episode 54. Wrapping up. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. It's so great to have you. So we got to look out for Cassie online and on your TV coming up soon. On uh, all those great oh, I'm projects. On a show, I, one of my shows just aired. I'm on a show called Bajillionaires that's on the Family Channel. Boom, Family Channel. That's yeah. great. So, yeah, kid-friendly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, it's like about kids that – it's like Silicon Valley for children. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow, that's really neat. Yeah, Disney Channel, and I'm sure there'll be way more things uh, by the time this podcast airs, so you got to keep up with it at CassieCow.com. And you can check her out slash forward slash shows to see when she's going to be in your area. It's a nice little calendar format. Yeah. I like that. All right, well, thank you again for being on the podcast, and you know what I'll do? I'm going to play that theme. <laughs> so yeah. thanks again, and uh, I hope you have a delightful rest of your d- Sunday. All right, and bye. Uh, bye to all the listeners. Thanks for listening. J- should I hang up? <laughs> <laughs> yep, bye. Uh, okay, bye. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Cassie. Now, do follow her at Cassie Cow on Twitter for great jokes and on Instagram for great videos and cat fun. She is so great, and you definitely don't want to miss her out on seeing her when she comes to your city. Fans of the podcast should be following at FOTS Pod on Twitter and interact with the show posts and let us know what you think of the shows. 
And Twitter users looking for some jokes should follow me at SkinnerSteven. New jokes daily. And if you're a new listener, you can head over to www.stephenwskinner.com for all the old episodes. Or you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever great podcasts are consumed. Thank you to Ruby Coast for the music. Thank you to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme. And thank you, specifically, for listening. I am Stephen W. Skinner. Have a great one. <laughs>